You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me today as we explore ways to increase our mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Let's start with the breath. The breath is our most powerful tool for getting centered, grounded, and calm. If you're able to, breathe in through your nose for a count of one, two, three, four. Now slowly release the breath through the mouth for a count of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more time. In, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Repeat this breath work anytime during the day when you feel stress rising or when you notice you've lost your focus. If you'd like to follow a guided meditation, please visit our YouTube channel at Work to Live. Happy New Year! I know we still have a lot of challenges ahead of us, but I feel like there's truly been a shift in energy. A new year means new possibilities. And of course, we do have the good news of not only the vaccines currently available, but more on the way. Perhaps most importantly, as terrible as the COVID numbers are, we are starting this year with more certainty, even if it's about how to live with uncertainty. We've been through a lot, and now we're prepared. We know we don't know what's going to happen, but we know we can deal with it. Our resiliency and adaptability are strong, allowing us to face whatever comes up with more confidence and less fear. I hope you found joy in your holidays, even if they were somewhat unusual. I really did enjoy Christmas via Zoom. We opened presents online, like many of you, and then later in the day connected again to cook together. It felt great to converse in a normal fashion like we would if we were together, and not sitting and staring at a screen, where it sometimes feels like forced conversation, especially with the grandkids. It felt almost natural. I'm strangely excited to feel like I'm back to a routine again for the first time in a long time. Between work and my health issues, I had to return to a very structured schedule, And after several weeks, I'm moving into a looser structure, and it now feels normal. Most importantly, it also feels balanced. That's a daily intention now for me, to have a balanced day. Work, exercise, healthy eating, and some fun thrown in for variety. As I mentioned in our last episode, while a new year encourages us to look ahead, it's important to look back, too, and reflect on what we've experienced. 
Last week, our production team got together to discuss 2020. You can view the entire conversation on our YouTube channel, but I wanted to share some excerpts from that talk as I think it's valuable to not only review our own experiences, but to hear different perspectives. I feel so blessed that our small staff consists of three different generations, as our conversations always provide me with profound insights. I'm so grateful to Jesse, Melissa, and Vanessa for sharing their experiences and hope our conversation sparks some mindful reflection for you. I asked the team if they learned anything about themselves from the pandemic and shutdown experiences. I actually did learn something about myself that I think I tended to fill my life with busyness. Just, I don't know why. I just felt like I always needed something to do. And now I've realized that it's okay to be slow. It's okay to not have anything going on when somebody asks you, what are you doing this weekend? And instead of going, oh, I have so much to do. Now it's okay to say, you know what? I'm not doing anything. And I'm okay with it. So good, good. Yeah, yeah. that's our our Friday our Friday uh, mental health check. What are you doing this weekend? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All four of us. Well, except for Vanessa with homework, but <laughs> but that's good that uh, that you can accept that because I do think that's important. Thank you, Melissa. Vanessa, how about you? Um, well, with me, I felt like I learned how resilient and how flexible I am with change because. It was like so quick. I remember I was like in class um, and they're like, oh, we're not going to go back to campus. And there was no warning. Yeah. So it was just like all at once, but we we did it. We went through it. Now we're here. That's a really good, healthy quality to have. I think most people have some, they don't always recognize it, but I think recognizing it's what's really important because then when the next thing happens, you already know you can cope yeah. with it. You can get through it. Yeah, that's great. How about you, Jesse? I just want to comment. I feel like we did that with our entire way of working as well. Yep. We were in a hospital doing a workshop, and then I think they shut it down like the next day. Or, and then we just like completely flipped everything around and started doing everything online. Big change. <laughs> Big change. Yeah, kudos to you for leading that. I was like, oh, we'll, we'll probably just stop working because there's no way to do this. And Teresa came in and was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> what about you, Teresa? What did you learn? I'm still learning it because it's a weird thing to me. And it kind of ties into the busyness thing. What I discovered is not that I need to be busy, but that I am easily bored. Mm. I've really struggled yeah, with like trying to find the balance because I'm okay doing nothing. If I, if I'm in the mood to do nothing, I'm fine with it. But I did not realize that I have a real issue with boredom. And to me, there's a difference between uh, relaxing or meditating, kind of not doing versus having a ton of energy and having nothing to do with it. And so I think that that's one of the things I've struggled with a lot is aside from moving furniture, but there's a lot of things that I've had to just stop and go, okay, just try to sit with it for a while. Is it really that you're, that you can't stand not to be busy or is it just because my mind is going and, or my body's going and I want to do something with all that energy. And so I still have my up and down days with that, but I, I really never recognized that I had a problem with boredom until this year and who I was really bored a lot. That was one of the biggest self-awareness aha moments I had was, whoo, I really have an issue with this. I don't like to be bored. I actually 
have realized that I'm never bored or like I'm totally okay being bored or like living completely passively. And I really have for the last 10 months or maybe it's just like become more clear to me. I'm totally okay. Like putting the TV on or reading a book, but like in a very passive way, I've looked back on like the last 10 months and it's felt kind of like waiting, but not even just like waiting for the pandemic to be over, just like waiting for time to pass, like waiting for the time when I get up to make dinner and like waiting for the time when I go to bed and lay down and read. But it's not like actively engaging with life. And I really haven't been doing a lot of that for years. But I don't think I really it like became clear to me until it was only that. Yeah, I think I used to associate doing nothing with laziness. And lazy is like a bad word in my household. Like, no. <laughs> so to just sit on the couch and read a book in the middle of the day, like that, that was such a foreign thing to me. Like that would never be something I would do because there was too many other things to do. And now it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to read a book today and it feels great. And I've let go of that, you know, like stigma of sitting and doing nothing does not mean being lazy. And the thing is, there's still just as much stuff to do. I mean, it's not that like work went away or that you don't have things to do. You can do both. I think that is another probably inside a lot of people have figured out and you don't have to race all day long. You can still get everything done. I really found Jesse's comments about waiting and living passively interesting. How many of us have become passive during the past year of restrictions? I've not considered whether I'm actively or passively living each day, but I will now. Melissa's comments about busyness are also insightful for many of us. In the West, busyness has been a badge of honor for a long time, but perhaps this is our opportunity to change that. More thoughtfulness and slowing down can be just as productive, if not more so, than being busy just for the sake of busyness. The virus is raging here in California, so clearly we're going to be under stay-at-home orders for some time to come. What might we do differently based on our experiences in 2020? I think I'm going to start trying to do more creative projects, Ah. like things that I am passing time but I'm engaging and like being alive and living. And I don't know what they are yet. I I've, I told you guys that I've bought like supplies for every craft known to man and they're just <laughs> piling up in the corner. And then I like lay down and watch TV instead of actually <laughs> using them, but I'm going to do it. How about you, Vanessa? I think in the new year, I want to be trying something new. This year, I don't know. I just, like you said, you get bored. You don't know what to do, but I think trying something new. And I'm actually, I'm thinking about trying to learn how to skate. <laughs> roller blade or roller skate? No, roller skate. Yeah. So okay. um, I'm actually excited about that. <laughs> I think I actually great. might be getting myself some skates for Christmas this year. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I love that. How about you, Melissa? That's a tough one. I, this year has been difficult for me because there's just, there's a lot of chaos with the kids and decisions to make and you know what's the safest thing to do and having them here well I'm t- I mean there's so many challenges so for me I feel like now I can I can breathe a little bit kind of gotten used to what's going on now so I think maybe next year I would like to have maybe a little structure going on but only so I don't feel like wow I could have done that today 
I just feel like there's some things I'd like to try that I didn't try because I was too busy or, you know, we were really busy with work. It's not like we like, you know, period of chill out. It was, it was nonstop. So I kind of want to chill a little bit. It's a hard to balance. I'm very grateful. We've been so busy. Like, you know, it could have gone the other way, right? Mm -hmm. Who knew? So it's a blessing, but it's also been really hectic. And, and I feel like I've not had a break. I'm going to take a break now, but it feels like, yeah. you know, it's just been nonstop. So that's definitely up there. It took me a long time pre-pandemic to get things on a schedule where I didn't feel like I was racing all day, every day. And that went out the window somehow when the shutdown happened. I feel like I'm racing all day, every day again. So that's definitely one. I felt a lot more fun or lightness in the work I do pre-pandemic than I have since then. I think it's that this year was learning how to do our jobs all over again in a different way. So there wasn't time to try to have, I don't feel like I've had a lot of fun with it yet. So that's one thing that I'm going to change about how I handled things this year. And the same thing with the podcast. Like, you know, I'd never interviewed people. It, it seemed like every single week I was having to learn something new or change how I do things. I didn't get to use my habits or routines or any of that stuff. So as long as I don't introduce something new for us all to learn now, I'll try to be really good about that. <laughs> I'll step back. And then we can maybe, you know, get more back into now we know what we're doing again. Isn't that a weird thing to think you were sort of an expert at something and then you went overnight to, I have no idea how to do this. That's funny you say the expert part because I was an expert with scheduling with my kids and, <laughs> and my life and everything was like, I had it down <laughs> to where I didn't even have to talk about it. It was like this natural thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, who has school today? Who has school tomorrow? What's going on? What's happening yesterday? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't know everything was up in the air. And now I just went like a little, where I don't have that every, every ball yeah. is in yeah. the air kind of thing going on. I learned how to schedule myself. <laughs> Honestly, I like at the beginning of this, I was like, I like, I have to, to do something. I'm, I have to figure out what I'm going to do every day and do the same thing every day. Yeah. And then I just did it. And now it's yeah. maybe too much, like too structured. Yeah. Loose structure is good, right? We don't want to be like, yeah. But before the pandemic, I was a little chaotic. That is really one of the keys to successfully working virtually is the structure because it's too easy not to do the stuff. But I think when you first start, you, I had to be super structured. It's just too easy to let something slide or to go, Oh, I can't deal with it today. Or, you know, especially when everybody's under stress. So I think that's really a successful strategy is to almost overstructure And then once it's a habit and you know, you've got it and you can do it, then you can start lightening up and listening it. Well, it's it's the habit part too. Mm -hmm. You know, your brain can have it. You don't have to think about it anymore. It's just a habit. But this whole year has been no habits. Yeah. (laughs) So the brain is on overdrive trying to keep you in line. Yeah. It is important to have some structure, but it doesn't have to be super rigid all the time. We need a little bit of spontaneity. And especially, especially if you're suffering from boredom. There is no spontaneity. Everything's the same every day. That's a weird thing to me. And I think my boredom thing has to do with that. It's not like I have to be doing something, you know, exhilarating every minute. It's just that every single day, it's the same room, the same screen, the same workflow, no variation. And if I work on the weekend, there's no demarcation at all between the days. I don't even know what day it is Mm -hmm. because they're all the same. So that might be something we want to pepper our lives with just a sprinkle of variety. I went for a a walk last night after work and the I, I used to go for a walk, like right when I stopped working, when the sun was up and I would call my same friend and walk on my same walk. And I stopped doing it because I got sick. And then yesterday we had a workshop and the, we were done at like five and the sun was down and I was like, oh, I can't go for a walk. The sun's down. And then I was like, you can, you just normally don't. So I went for a walk at night and I 
walked up this hill that overlooks like all of Glendale and I could see everyone's Christmas lights and I was like by myself and it was kind of like like I felt kind of like I came home and felt like alive. That was great. If you struggled with working remotely over the past year, take an objective look at the structure you've set up. Is it too rigid or perhaps not rigid enough? And like Jesse, are there things you don't do because of an old routine or habit? Or Vanessa's reminder about the simple things in life that can add some more fun back in. Have you taken some time to think about what you might do differently in 2021 based on your experiences last year? I was surprised that when we talked about where we found joy in 2020, Zoom was a contributing factor. I found like talking to my friends and actually having Zoom calls like regularly it like boosts my energy so much reconnecting and we do this like every week so that's really where I found like my happy place is with them talking that's great so I know I mean everyone feels disconnected because you can't see each other or hug each other or do all that but do you feel like having say a weekly zoom chat with your friends is there more content or more deeper conversations than there were before because you might have been out running around or just doing a quick text or, or is it still, it's just doesn't come close to like what you experienced with when it was in person. We've actually had deeper conversations and I, I've been really surprised about that because how could we connect through a computer? But no, surprisingly we have, we've gone like, I don't know, so deep. It's like really weird. <laughs> I was going to say it must be because there's like less surface level stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think so. That's really interesting because you're right. There's nothing to talk about. There's no normal chit chat anymore. It's interesting because I was, it's, it's so funny that you brought that up because even yesterday in our retreat, I know it seems like on Zoom, you're talking to a computer screen, so it can't be personal. You know, you can't really get to know somebody, but I honestly feel like in our workshops, not even just the one yesterday, but the one last week too, where I really felt like, oh my gosh, I, I felt like connected to the people. And I don't know if it's because there's nothing else to talk about, like you said. And so they're really coming from in here. The people that we're doing these workshops for, they have tough jobs. I mean, yeah. they are rough. And for them to share all that stuff with us, I just really felt that last week where I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, thank you for what you do. And I know it probably seemed silly, but at the time it was oh, like- no. I really felt connected to the people. And I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because really there isn't any distraction. It, we're, we really yeah. are face-to-face. There's not some guy coming, walking across here where you're losing attention or anything like right. that. You're actually focused on the conversation and on the person. And I don't know, I felt that too. Yeah, I think you may be right. So it could be that we're focused, but it also could be that we're acclimating to this. And I think too, it could also be that we've all gone through this I mean, I hate to say horrific, but it really has been horrific for a lot of people. And and I think tragedy, you know, maybe tragedy is too big of a word, but something this big happening to all of us, it makes people a little more raw. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's like um, it levels, I don't think levels the playing field, but it feels like there's an unspoken shared sense of struggle. So that like when you speak to connect and be like, you're more open with like, this is the struggles that I'm going through because you don't feel like other people will judge you or like other people are doing much better because everyone's kind of just like, Oh my God, help me. (laughs) (laughs) We're all in it. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, other than world wars and the 1918 pandemic, I can't think of an event that has affected everyone worldwide at the same time like this. What brought you joy? All of you brought me joy. So our working together as a team and you guys were being so you know supportive and flexible. So that really actually brought me a lot of joy because it was a little scary at the beginning, I will admit. And then I think some of it has been just silly things. Some of it for me, Vanessa, has been like having happy hour with my friends, which at the beginning was just not fun. I mean, it wasn't joyful at first. It was like, this is weird, you know, but, but now that I'm kind of getting used to it, you know, so now it's bringing joy. It's like, okay, again, we're acclimating, we're, we're adapting to our new environment, I guess. So that definitely did. I will say too, uh, getting back into cooking and baking and using all my new gizmos is bringing me a lot of joy. And part of that joy is better than it ever was years ago when I did this because I'm home. So I can go start whatever gourmet thing I want to cook or start a loaf of bread and then work and then go back and forth. And I find that it truly brings me joy. I think of cooking or baking as creative. So I'm doing something creative and then I come in here and do a different kind of thing that's creative. And then I, so the flip-flopping between my creativity centers is bringing me joy too. What about you, Jesse? I like kind of being trapped in here with my boyfriend. I feel like we, I mean, we, we, we both been working aside from the last month he wasn't working, but yeah, I feel like it, we got closer and what a great test for a relationship. I know <laughs> <laughs> we've been engaged for a while, but yeah, I think before this, I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, we're, we're close. Like we live together and we're engaged. And then all this happened and I'm like, oh, our relationship is different than it was before in a good way. We tend to focus on the negative simply because that's how our brains are wired. But what went well for you in 2020? Did you find joy despite what was happening around you? I would never have guessed that we would end up with deeper conversations because we can't see each other in person. But if talking online is deepening relationships, what a blessing! Finally, we shared what our hopes are for the new year. Honestly, I hope for a little more just peace. I just mm-hmm. feel like uh, there is not a lot of peace right now yeah. anywhere in the world. And I feel like just a little more peace, not trying to sound like, you know, I'm going to go change the world. But I just, I think that the upside of what has happened has taught people a little bit more about the value of themselves and maybe the value of their immediate surroundings and their immediate family that can rely on that a little bit more. And maybe that will help people be a little more peaceful next year. Beautiful. How about you, Jess? Okay, this is what I want. Less excitement for the world and more excitement for myself. It goes along with the, the thing I said about like living very passively. And I, I think for me, for next year, I wanna consciously engage more with just like life just like be be more alive than I have been over the past three four five years great how about you Vanessa I found that I need to live more in the present moment because I feel like I I've taken things for granted and I just want to be able to live more fully and enjoy fully life I wait for the day that I can hug my my family members Uh, my grandparents. That's what I look forward to. Nice. Nice. I sincerely hope that as things calm down and hopefulness returns because the vaccine's here, even though it's going to be a long time until we can all get it, but I'm hoping that hope starts to help 
people settle down. I think that whatever's happened in the last year or two that has caused such vitriolic responses to everything, like everything is so overblown or so black and white or so, so widely divided. My hope is really not to change anybody's mind about anything, but just to get people to kind of try to come more toward the center to be more cooperative with each other, with themselves, you know, whatever the case may be, that maybe some of the hostility and judgmental behaviors of people starts to calm down. Not that they have to agree, not that they have to change anything, but just it doesn't have to be that over the top. And I think if that happens, then it makes it easier for all of us to feel like we live in a safer world or that we live in a a world where there is more hope to solve problems together instead of kind of getting so distracted with our divisiveness that we we've extended the problem. Who knows all of the good that could come out of this once all of the horrible stuff is over with. So that'll be the hope too, that we recognize all the good that comes out of it. Such great reminders, peace, living fully, staying in the present and less divisiveness. That would be a wonderful year. What do you hope for in the new year? And what can you do to help bring the hope alive? Until next time, have a wonderful, mindful week. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. Perhaps most importantly, Mindfulness strengthens our empathy and compassion for others, which I believe we need more of in our world today. So practice mindfulness in everything you do. Spend at least a little time meditating every day. And remember to be kind to yourself and others. We're here to do more than just survive. We can thrive. All it takes to start is a mindful moment. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written by Teresa McKee. The English version is hosted by Teresa McKee and the Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, MediaWrite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. <laughs>